Hello there, it's me, Professor Oak. I'm here to tell you about a new podcast series from Super NPC Radio, all about the original Pokemon games. Pikachu. That's right, Pikachu. Your favorite trainers are playing through Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow for their next Games Club series, and you can hear all about their journey. Look, my grandson is here. What's his name again? Well, my name is Gary, but whoever is playing the game named me Butt. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. But, I mean, Gary, did you subscribe to their Patreon to follow along with their Pokemon journey? Yeah, but only because I know they'll need help from me along the way. Catch the Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow Games Club by subscribing at the $10 DJ Toad tier at patreon.com slash supernpcradio to hear new episodes every Friday. We'll see you there, listeners. Gotta catch them all. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, uh, I asked my guest as much about what made playing the game fun, memorable, uh, and whatever about it st- still stands out to them to this day, as we will also get into the context of when and how they had this particular moment with the game at whatever period in their life that it was. Um, a little bit of housekeeping up top is that uh, for anything that my guest and I plug today, you can look in the show notes uh, and click a little link. So there will be links to all of this stuff in the show notes. You can check out the show on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we also have a Discord for our whole network over at Super NPC Radio if you want to get in on the fun uh, conversation over there about this podcast, about our our games club that we have going on, about movies and television, literally whatever you want. There are channels over there. There's a link in the show notes as well. Um, if you want to support the show, you can do that a few different ways. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. I only see the ones on Apple, though. So if you leave one elsewhere, uh, feel free to reach out to me and let me know about it because I'd love to shout you out. Those um, ratings and reviews uh, drive up our listenership and help more people find us. So it means a lot to me. And plus... I like to hear what you like about the show. So tell me your favorite episode, your favorite moment, anything that sticks out to you. Um, And I'd love to highlight that. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that our guest has brought on for the main event today. And then um, lastly is that you can uh, check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And what is Patreon, you might ask? Well, it's the platform where we host uh, a bunch of bonus content weekly uh, where uh, you, the supporter, can uh, subscribe at a tier that works for you um, and you get a bunch of bonus podcasts. So if you like me and the creators of the other shows on our network, you're probably going to like what you uh, find over there. For example, at our $10 DJ Toad tier, you get three bonus podcasts a week. That's 12 bonus podcasts a month for 10 bucks. 
And that includes our current Pokemon uh, Red, Blue, and Yellow Games Club series, which releases every Friday um, at that tier. And it's been a blast. Uh, If you're listening right now when this episode's coming out, I believe that we are um, coming up on Lieutenant Surge in Vermilion City, or we're going through Rock Tunnel. I don't remember which episode's coming out, but it's a blast. Check us out there again at patreon.com slash super radio. But that'll do it for the housekeeping, and I will finally introduce our guest for today's episode. So please welcome writer, comedian, and improviser, Anna Betzaller. Hello. Hey, it is so good to have you today. How are you doing? I mean, I, tri- I peek behind the curtain for the listener. I know how you're doing, but I'm just for them now <laughs> as if we hadn't done this before. I'm doing good. I'm slightly hungover, and that is okay. Um it is okay. I'm affirm- I want to affirm that right now. <laughs> Thank you. I needed to hear that from someone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Golden. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad <laughs> I could be that person for you here today. Um, like I was telling you before the show, I love to talk about how I know my guests. And um, I remember, sometimes I don't remember like how I met someone, especially, you know, you being a writer and an improviser in the same, you know, this, this uh, giant community of uh creatives out here in LA um it's really easy to just for so many people I think to be like oh yeah we sort of like circled each other for a while and then maybe met or never met and just like assumed each other's names because you just see each Mm -hmm. other do a million shows but I know we've talked about this before so I'm sorry to um to I guess kiss your ass too much but I remember meeting you very specifically um you and I took a, a Jake Jabor, uh, the inner game of tennis, uh, we workshop way back in the day. And of course, I know you remember this because uh, unforgettable. <laughs> oh, I do. I remember it. I remember. I remember scenes that we did. Oh, really? I remember yeah. stuff in like a couple shows that because we would get a show as as I think that's still how we works is like you take a class, you get a show or two or however many, but you remember specific scenes? Was it from the workshop or the shows? Like, I remember, because I think, I think that I had a little, I had an improv crush on you. So I remember, (laughs) (laughs) I remember there was something where you like started cutting. Now that I'm trying to remember it, I'm like, can I remember it? But I remember you cutting a hedge in a scene and just being like, you know, like early days when it's just like, you're like, how did he know to do that? Like, <laughs> it was freaking perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, that was a good workshop. I love the inner game of tennis. Great workshop. And, workshop. you know, uh, I'm so glad I could tee you up to uh, then kiss my ass and, and make me <laughs> sound good all these years later. But yeah, really great workshop over there where like, I don't know if the listener has like, uh, has listened or is aware or read the book, The Inner Game of Tennis, but it was one of those things where I, after taking it for that workshop, I was like, oh, this could be applicable to so many things in life that you are trying to get better at uh, Mm -hmm. or learn. So yeah, highly recommend it uh, for anybody out there or the workshop if you're in, if you're in LA. Uh, I never uh, ended up actually reading the book. Uh, did you read the book? I because we got the audiobook with the class, and so I put that bad boy in my ears, and I just soaked it up. Yeah, I, I what I've taken from it 
and I'm curious if it's accurate, is yeah. like, it's all the non-judgmental, don't judge, non-judgmental awareness, is that that was the main like, takeaway? That was one of the biggest takeaways for me, for sure, um, which like, whether good or bad, whether you're having a good scene or a bad scene, is to not judge it, because either way that you judge it could affect your next move or how you're even going about your scene work. So I think, yeah, the, the easy way to look at that obviously is like, oh, if you're, if you're like beating yourself up in a scene or in a show, there's no way it's going to help you. You're going to be focused on that. You're not, you're not present in the work. You are maybe then bringing yourself down and your, and possibly your teammates. Um, and so that was really easy to, to understand but it i took a lot away from it so check your email from years ago you might have like a little audiobook if you're ever curious um but i remember being in that workshop and just i i talked to got to talk to jake about this recently and i know I've, i'm sorry that i'm sorry i've brought this up to you and like groups of people many times because you were very new to improv but i was just like holy shit this person is so good and I know they are green, but they like – I mean you meet a bunch of really talented people in this community, um, but you were just someone who so immediately stood out that had like talent and was like, oh, they can do this. So um, I just remember being super impressed by that. And here you are all these years later <laughs> teaching workshops with uh, with we, correct? Mm-hmm. And you're on a freaking Herald team. You're on Rumors. <laughs> True. Well, thank you for saying that. I Oh, and I, um we you're on another day. great team that you've been performing with with like uh with Isabel and uh and my what's the team name? Sorry. Um it's uh Shag. Shag, yes, of course. Yes. We we just did a show at UCB last night. The um that was very fun. I was wondering if the hangover was show and was post show hang induced and is it? It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was so unnecessary. We were like just chatting till like truly four in the morning. Wow. And it just had no there was no need to be doing it, but god damn it's fun to chat. It is fun to chat. <laughs> it's especially like, you know, I mean, regardless of a, of course if a show is fun and you have a good time, it's you're going to want to be out at least myself more socially especially that night um but yeah you know what it's bonding it's it's serving you yeah i mean uh, to be totally transparent <laughs> it wasn't a great show but <laughs> i think that was also why we we're all like let's just get fucking drunk and chill. yeah let's hang let's forget about it um yeah yeah. Sometimes that, when I have a really good show, I want to go home really quick because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to mess up like like any interaction because I'm just I want it to end at the height. Yes, preserve in your memory me crushing this scene on stage <laughs> or this whole show that, and I won't ruin it any further. Uh, I can totally relate to that. Um, me, oftentimes if I'm like jetting away from UCB or wherever the show is, I'm like, I want to go home and play this video game. Uh, <laughs> hence, me hosting a video game podcast um but uh anyway um that's how i know you is obviously through the improv scene we've also like since 2021 started running into each other a bunch more out um even when we weren't at the same bar for the same thing um always so much fun to run into you and hang out with you uh we live really close to each other but what do you want to share about yourself who are you and is there anything you want to plug today 
I, what do I want to share about myself that doesn't have to do with video games? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a real video game moment right now. Oh, well, then I got you at a good time then. Good. <laughs> yeah. We're, you absolutely we're, did. I probably asked you before, but we'll start here. Where are you from? I, I I pitched Connecticut as just a hypothetical earlier, but where? I'm from Philadelphia. Okay, you know what? I feel good about that East Coast guess. Yeah, okay. I think I give I give big East Coast energy. Definitely. But people on the East Coast, when I was like, with, I think because I speak like really really casually, they're like, "You sound like you're from California." <laughs> But I feel like that was because most of my friends hadn't been to California, so they were just like, I guess it's a little different, right? Yes, that's so funny. I would love to hear, I mean, as we, you know, often are hearing like New York accents in scenes or or whatever, like, I'd love to hear, yeah, like someone from Philly or New York, like, do what they think a California accent is. Yeah. I I know that mine would be such, it would be, it would be this, it'd be like, gnarly bro let's do it like just yes so exaggerated very surfer very like leaning into stoner almost yeah yeah cool are you are you from california i am i'm from i say northern california but technically it's the central valley from a town called modesto mm-hmm. it's like five hours from la okay cool so what's your california accent um that's such a great i would probably I might do like Lean Valley Girl if I had to. Like, oh my gosh, like, like you won't believe it. Like, really, like lengthen out syllables. I've never thought about it in a in a constructive manner, but that might be where I go. Or I might just talk normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I think I need to be like more focused on. Um, nailing a philly accent because philly accents are hilarious Mm -hmm. like when they're real like what uh like (laughs) just water weird like water Water. ice yeah but i can't do it because i'm just i I think like probably similar to like being it's like i'm like i don't know i guess it sounds like this yeah huh interesting so okay we got where you're from um, but yeah, it was there anything else you wanted to share about yourself, uh, or anything that you wanted to plug or that's going on for you? Um, let's see. I'm doing a new show that I'm really excited about at the clubhouse. That's, um, the, an idols night show where me and my, uh, comedy partner, Isabella Escalante, uh, ask people that we wouldn't usually ask to do a clubhouse show to do the show. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and it's just our way of trying to like open for people that we like can't open for otherwise. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes, hence idols as in the not like being like idle thumbs but American idol. Yes. But exactly. not American like, idol uh like uh focused at all. Oh no, it is American idol focused. Is it? No. Oh okay. Well, you had me there. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, an American Idol style improv show. Yeah, uh, and we could just live judge people on stage. It'll be great. I mean, it's what's happening anyway. Might as well call it what it is. Yeah, be a little more transparent <laughs> with each other, not hold it back. Uh, that's that's exciting. Do you know when you're going to be when the show's starting, or like what nights it's going to be? We've done one, um, and I think we have another one. Well, this is the thing is we're trying to book people that are hard to nail down. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> next one should be sometime on 
a Wednesday this month. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Not a great plug if I have nothing. I have no hard evidence to back it up, but. Well, like I could always, hey, no, it's, it don't beat yourself up. It's all right. Uh, it's still counts as a plug. Um, is, would you like me to link to like an Instagram, whether it be a team or yours that people could be like, oh, I'll go here to find this show. Yeah. Uh, we have a Instagram. It's two prov Wednesday. Cool. So we'll post about the shows there. Awesome. I'll put a link to that then for sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sick. All right. Well, then we got that plug out there. Um, of course, <laughs> you can catch um, you also with rumors uh, essentially every other Monday um, on the UCB stage. Um, but uh, yeah, before I ask you about your uh, history of video games, is there uh, is there anything else you wanted to include? Or did you get to do it just now? Um, what kind of facts? What kind of things do people say? Is there... Honestly, you kind of hit it. Like, I mean, I made you tell me where you are. And we got into the accents, uh, and you plugged a show, so you really did it. I just wanted to make sure that there were, you were like, if I moved on, you're like, Connor, there's this thing I didn't get to share, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that being the case, um, before we actually get into your history with video games, will you introduce what you've brought on for today's main event and call me by your game? Okay. Um, yes. What, what year is it from? I want to... Uh, 2003. 2003. Okay. I brought on to Call Me By Your Game, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, the 2003 version that I played on Xbox. Killer. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be a blast. Uh, I think I'm almost positive this is our first Lord of the Rings game, although... You know, hundred this is 163 episodes in. It's kind of hard to keep track, so I'm pumped. Um, but let's get into your history with games in general. Um, do you remember first taking an interest in games uh, when you were younger? Like, were they around all the time, or were you like, ooh, I need that? I was um, – they weren't around all the time. Like, it definitely was like a seek it out kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, but I always grew up with my brother playing, like, computer games, and then um, – and then we would go to the like uh, local video store to like rent DVDs or whatever. And uh, I remember that like when I turned seven or eight or something, they got an Xbox at the video store okay. that you could like go and <laughs> rent. Hmm. And so over like long weekends or like a uh, winter break or something, my parents would like let us go rent that for like the week. Oh, that's cool. I I mean, often I've gotten a few like rental stories or well, we would rent games, but this might be the first like console rental that I've heard about on the show because I know it happened. It's wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, and those things were like big back then. And we mm-hmm. would walk, we would like walk in the snow, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, unsupervised, like get this thing, like lug it back up. And like, it was, it was a really kind of old school way to do it, but it was, it was super surprising like that. My parents let us do that because they were really strict on like Mm. computer time. And growing up, it was like, you know, I could only play games that were like on the PBS website. kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember any that you played on there? 
There was one game where it's like you're just like looking for stuff in a room. <laughs> like clicking around. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, but I mean, they were like truly boring. And then my brother got into uh, like uh, playing that game. I wonder what it. It's not. Is it World of Warcraft? Is that? That was a very popular online game. Yeah. Is that like one of the ones where you walk and then you get to see more of the map? I, yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then he started playing that and then I was like, this is ridiculous. Why do I have to play the PBS game? <laughs> <laughs> he gets to be a, a, a wizard and do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. So so I think it was like a bit of a mix, I guess. Yes. Cool. Half half let me do that cuz my brother's doing it and half I uh, will walk in the snow to do it. So yes. I'm a little motivated. That's fun. Did you so you were playing obviously you said World of Warcraft. I'm going to I want to ask about a few of these things too. You there were some PBS games you must have fooled around with. Did you all was that like it? Did you have any like disc games that you would put into your computer did you play any educational games like that oh we i mean i played it i played zoo tycoon hell yeah yeah that game is good and (laughs) i've been trying to re-download it but i it won't work on my mac it's so hard to like i was talking just had Lindsay frank on to discuss roller coaster tycoon and like we had talked about uh that they were telling me just like trying to install that on their computer nowadays was just like a mess. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough to get those old things on your current machines. Yeah. And like, I also played a ton of Sim City, and mm. I was like so excited because it came out on the iPad and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to play Sim City again. And it was like such a money trap where oh. it's like, it's one of those games that you, you can't go past like a certain level without like buying coins that give you money to buy coin. It's like, Oh, it's so depressing. But my girlfriend like got like, we like both started playing it. And now like two years later, like that girl has like a city. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, she's been just go- going at it all on the free version and it takes like 10 times as long as everything like as it would if she like put the money in or whatever but she has the self-control to do it and i'm like huge yeah wow that that does take some self-control especially if like you know she's enjoying it like it's so hard not to click that like sure i'll pay five bucks for like however many gems to keep playing whatever it is uh wow i mean when i was playing it because when we both started playing it i played it i got pretty into it and then a weekend i i spent 45 dollars on a pack of like exactly what you're saying gems to buy freaking whatever to buy whatever to like put like gas in cars in my city i was just like this is out of control yeah so i had to delete it off of my iPad. <laughs> uh, those things are such they're so devilish and mm. those types of games are so predatory. Uh we've talked I feel like a little bit about that on the show. It's like come up when people talk about what they're playing, but yeah, it's uh it's rough. Um that's cool though. Do you so w- when it comes to the uh this Xbox that you had rented, do you remember aside from, you know, Return of the King, which we'll talk about later, um do you remember any other games you played on that thing? 
We, I mean, we would do like a lot of like hack and slash games. Oh like, yeah. Um, did you? I think it's called Ninety Nine Nights. Have you heard of that <laughs> game? I haven't, but it sounds freaking rad. <laughs> <laughs> it was this like crazy game where you were a samurai and just walked into groups of people and just like s- sliced. Yes. <laughs> I remember wow. like. Yeah, it's just like you just constantly hit X and that's that. Um, so we played that a lot and then we played um, Tony Hawk American Wasteland. Oh, cool. Very cool. That was a really cool one. Um, and then we would play Halo. Nice. And uh, there was like this game that we played. Oh, I got to figure out the name of it. I should have mm-hmm. done my research on my own childhood games but uh <laughs> there was this one game we would play where you you had to kill giant ants interesting that was like oh we thought it was just the most hilarious thing <laughs> these ants got like bigger and bigger and bigger if you don't kill them quick enough and then they'd be like stepping on buildings it's just <laughs> ridiculous wow uh what a variety of of games there including the stepping on ants game or the destroying <laughs> giant ants game that's really fun um after this like time in your life, did you continue gaming after that? Or was this kind of like an isolated period for you, at least early on? Um, I think it's like I always had uh, an Xbox. And honestly, like after that, my parents got divorced and like... Because of and the I games. Say, what? Because of the games. Yeah. They were like... They can't keep stepping on these ants. It's ruining our marriage. I'm sorry to even to even try a joke like that. That's rude. I apologize. Oh, I I, I like that. I I think you should. I think it went well. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But uh, when they got divorced, it was like at my dad's house. It was like Xbox, no rules. Oh, um, sick. Yeah. So. I was definitely playing video games over there, but I got a little bit like uh, tuned out in middle school and high school because I was just hanging out. Um, I, I played a lot of sports and I think I was just like playing sports or with friends and I forgot to play games. Hey, it happens. You know, something's got to give like when you've got so many activities like that yeah. growing up. Um, can I ask you about sports a little bit? Yeah, yeah. What did you play? What's like your either your favorite sport or the one that you excelled at the most? Um, let's see. I played the three preppiest sports. I played tennis, uh, squash, and lacrosse. Squash? Yes. Wow. Those you're not kidding. Those are pretty preppy. The only preppier thing could be if I was like played like that thing where you're on a horse and you hit a polo. <laughs> Is it, I think it's, is it called, it might be called polo. Yeah. I think that's what, why you said it, but yeah, that would be, cause then once you get a, uh, equestrian stuff involved, it's, that is like high class right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool though. I didn't uh, realize you're such an athlete. That's so much fun. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I was really into it in high school and, and I played squash in college too. Okay, cool. <laughs> which is, <isn't>, wow. <laughs> Which is a surprising sport to play. Did you? um, Where did you go to college, by the way? I went to Tufts. Is that that's also East Coast? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's outside of Boston. Very cool. Um, It's so funny, like, uh, because I don't mean to brag, but 
I'm also a bit of an athlete. Um, and it's just kind of funny to me, like, that sports are just like, I love sports, but sports are not something I ever assume that anybody in our circles do because we're a bunch of like comedians and theater kid nerds for the most part. So anytime that I find out someone's like really good at basketball or like you played like three sports growing up, I'm always like, oh yeah, like we are fully formed people who've lived lives and some of us play sports. So, um, just an unnecessary observation that I didn't need to bring up, but I just, I think that's cool that you did. Yeah. I, um, I actually, yeah, I didn't do any theater or anything in, in high school or college. Yeah. Did, did you do theater or were uh, you very, li- very little growing up. I was mostly a sports kid. Like I, I did some like church plays, like a couple church plays in like elementary school, my mom then I, I I did choir though until like through elementary school and then like was able to get out. I didn't want to do it anymore and I it took a lot of fighting and I was able to get out of it. Um, <laughs> I did I think one official like musical in um, sixth grade. Uh, there was this like theater company in my town called uh, well the adults version was called uh, Yes Company, but I was in Yes Kids. Um, which I think was like 14 and under or whatever, who, who knows, but, uh, we did the music man. Um, and so anyway, that was like the most, but in college, uh, I didn't, I mean, I took some, like an improv and then a sketch class, but that was cause some theater kid was like, Hey, you should do this. You would be good at this. Um, but I wasn't, but yeah, mostly it was like a sports kid, I guess. Did you, where did you go to college? I went to college at, um, you may have seen billboards for it around town. It's called Azusa Pacific University. Um, it's, uh, it's all, it's actually not too far from here. It's like maybe 30 minutes out in like the past Pasadena area. Okay. And they, so they had like, they had classes affiliated with the school that were like sketch and improv or was it like a club or? Yeah, they had like, uh, they had because I was in the film program, but the theater program, which was very closely associated, event like eventually, yeah, had like an official like improv course that was like a theater credit, and then a sketch one. And but I don't think anybody from that, at least at the time, there wasn't like, oh, this is the school team, or mm-hmm. anything like that. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, anyway, so I've gotten us way off course, but thank you for telling me about your sports history. Um, uh, and what I want to know now, just ask you the last couple questions about your history with gaming is um, uh, like for right now, like up until this point in your life, what does gaming look like for you today? Uh, well, so it became social like at a point in high school and college where I was like, when I met up with my friends, we would play, um, call of duty zombies. Oh yeah, definitely. And so it like became kind of social. And then I was like, Oh, I only want to play video games if I'm like with other people, basically like mm-hmm. that. I started just thinking about it like that. Yeah. And, uh, like halo and all those like, uh, kind of games where you can split the screen like 16 ways and yeah. put it on like a projector or whatever. But now I'm getting back into the solo video game mm. moment and um, I just finished Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh, it's a big which, one. It's a big one, but it is 
not new. And <laughs> I'm walking around town talking about it like it just came out. <laughs> yes. Uh, and to be fair, it's not the oldest game in the world. It's 2018, but I can relate to you where like not just games, but like any sort of pop culture, I always arrive to far, like way late. I watched Veep like as it was ending, I finally started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old roommate used to make fun of me because I think in like 2014, I was like, have you heard of Kid Cudi? Who was like, <laughs> became big in like 2008 or something. <laughs> so so you're not alone. Yeah, I, I, I think it's like, it's such a, it's a game that a lot of people have played. So I'm like, it, it's... People will talk about it with me, but I think yes. people are like, yeah, I barely, I don't remember that game. I've played other games since then, yeah. but I'm hot off of just finishing that game. And, and right now I'm doing a lot of, I'm, I'm actually playing a lot of Sims. Oh, nice. Are you playing, is it Sims 4? Yeah, it's Sims 4 and I'm not even going to lie. I have like every expansion pack and every bundle and kit and all that shit. Yeah. Um, because unlike SimCity... You could buy it and then you just have it, so it's it's kind of nice. Um, I much prefer that um, if, it, if it wasn't obvious from my rant earlier about it. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I do. Yeah, I've I've been playing a lot of it to just kind of unwind. Nice. Which I feel like is probably like a therapist's dream because it's like, oh, I'm going into a game where I'm like. <laughs> literally acting like a different person but living just a very normal life like my big goal right now is to like get this couple uh to have like a bunch of babies yeah but they like don't always want to like have sex with each other so it's like i have to like deal with that and i'm like (laughs) maybe i should just like (laughs) like look in the fucking mirror and figure myself out (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's that's so that's so great. Yeah. I would also describe it as a therapist dream. Uh that's great. What what are you playing on? I'm playing on my Mac. Cool. Very and nice. Yeah. There's a there's one thing in it that you can do like the celebrity pack. Do you play it? No, Sims? but I'm like loosely familiar with the expansions and such. There's like a celebrity thing, and I was trying to get this person, my like little character, to be a famous actor uh-huh. in a way. For, it was like eight or nine hours of it, and I was like, "Damn, I could have like submitted for a fucking like I could have done a self tape in this time." Yes, or nine of them. Uh, yeah, that's so funny. Oh gosh, I feel like I've talked to different people about like stuff they'll do in games too, where it's like. Not just like, oh, the time I put into the game. What if I put use that in my real life or towards my real career goals? And then other people are like, I learned how to drive a car in a car simulator. And it's like, or like fly a plane in a game. And you're like, I could have maybe taken a pilot's class or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so yeah. good. Those flight simulator games have really not felt, uh, I can't get there with them. I've not tried any. Have you have you tried Microsoft Flight Simulator? I did um no, I haven't. I I did. I have a VR uh oh. I have an Oculus. Oh, and very I, cool. And cuz I have like flight anxiety, like I yes. get like scared on planes, and I was like, "I'll learn how to fly it through this VR." But then I was just like, I'm sitting in my fucking living room. My cat is rubbing on my leg. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's breaking the the illusion uh yeah like, that's yeah 
That's so good. Um, well, A, I'll say I've never played it. This is a little bonus recommendation, not tied to the ones that I'll give you at the end of the show, but I've heard Microsoft Flight Simulator is really cool. I don't think it's it doesn't I don't think it's going to solve your flight anxiety, but mm-hmm. if you're look ever curious about a good flight sim, apparently it's amazing. Um, and then uh, the last question I wanted to ask you, uh, since you brought up the Oculus, because we don't get a lot of VR talk on the show, is has there been a, a VR game that stood out to you that you that you've played? I mean, I just the games need to catch up with the technology. Like the games are so like bad right now. Honestly, like the best one that I've played is the Beat Saber. Yeah, one. everyone points to like Beat Saber or Super Hot, and they're they're pretty simple, but they're like, well, it does the job. It's doing yeah, Super Hot's really fun. I actually mm-hmm. do think that that's a good game, um, but you're like you like it's like okay, it's VR like yeah. <laughs> technically that's what's happening right now. But I'm like, why can't this be like immersive? You know? Yeah, like put me in a world. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm realizing now as I say, oh, we haven't had a lot of VR talk on the show. That last week I recommended a game to. Uh, to Curtis Rutherford, who who coaches Ghost actually and was on Ghost, um, is it, I'm just going to recommend it to you since you have an Oculus. Uh, it's called The Last Clockwinder. Um, maybe look up a video to see what it's about because um, I described it so poorly on the show last week. <laughs> but uh, it seems like a, a really cool use of the technology and like mapping. It'll have you do some activities that will then map your motions in the game and your sort of like work with like clones of yourself to solve puzzles and stuff. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So the last Clockwinder, that's my my bo- extra other bonus recommendation for you. I'm lucky. I get an extra one. So People are going to be you, jealous. Hey, as long as you recognize you're lucky, it goes a long <laughs> way for me. Yeah, I'm not a puzzle person, to be honest with gotcha. you. Gotcha. So I'm a little... I'm like, I'll give it a go, but it's yes. unlikely. Hey, you know what? We tried, and that's that's <laughs> all you can do. Um, well, before we uh, you know, take our break and then come back to talk about Return of the King, is there anything about your gaming history or something that you're you just have to mention before we go to break, or did you get to do it? <sighs> um, let me think. Is there something I have to mention? Oh, can I ask you a different question? Can I just wipe the slate clean and ask you an easier question, I think? Is there a game that you have your eye on that you've been wanting to try? Well, uh, and this is, I guess, a nice segue, but when I was... uh, I was trying to see if I could re-download the Return of the King and to see if they, like, had updated it for Xbox One. And while I was doing that, I saw that there's, like, a new Gollum game that's like coming out soon or something. And I was like, I should do that. Yeah. I've but, heard about that a little bit. Really? Yeah. I don't know too much about it, but I've, I remember seeing like an initial trailer and I feel like it's not supposed to be too far in the future. Really? Yeah. Wait, not too far in the future from. As in like when it comes out. Oh, okay. yeah. It's like, Oh, this Gollum game takes place in uh 2200, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 200 years from now. I was like, uh, what are you talking about? They destroyed the ring. How could he even... So he's sort of in a cyberpunk reality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, I, I have my eye on uh, the new Assassin's Creed game. Oh, cool. Gotcha. Very the, cool. Um, yeah. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for talking about, you know, at least part of your gaming history. That was really fun. And hey, got to learn about your athletic history too. So we're, it's all wins here. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, all things Return of the King. So uh, Anna, I'll see you on the other side. Bye. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, uh, I am here with Anna Betzaller to discuss Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. So, uh, Anna, welcome back. Thank you. You're so gosh darn welcome. Uh, like I told you before the show, we're going to get into a little history and context of what this game was uh, to set the table for our listeners before we hear um, uh, you know, about your personal history with the game. And if you want to jump in at any point or add on any detail here uh, in laying down the groundwork, please do. Um, Otherwise, here I go. The Lord of the Rings Return of the King is a 2003 hack and slash action game developed by EA Electronic Arts Redwood Shores for the PlayStation 2 and Windows originally. It was then ported to the GameCube and Xbox by a company called Hypnose Entertainment. Uh, And also... They made a Game Boy Advance version that was uh, ported by a Grip Tonight Games uh, uh, to, and then also I guess to mobile. But I want to ask you real quick and break uh, break away from the his- from the table setting. Um, did you ever have a Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance growing up? No. Gotcha. They I have pl- I brought I asked that because I've played some of these like action games on the Game Boy Advance. Like I had a Star Wars like Attack of the Clones game. And they're all so similar. It's it's. I won't get into the details because you, there's no reference point for you on this. But uh, <laughs> let's just say it's they're very strange um, and not like the game you know on the Xbox. But uh, anyway, um, the game was published by Electronic Arts, and it's the sequel to the 2002 game, uh, The Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Uh, if, if you didn't if you didn't know the series, you you if you do know the series, that was probably pretty obvious. The game is an adaptation of Peter Jackson's 2002 film, uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and his 2003 film, Return of the King, which released shortly after the game. So that's kind of an interesting thing, is this game actually came out before the movie, so you could see scenes from the movie which are featured in the game um, before going to theaters. Um, uh, the game is similar to its predecessor in basic gameplay, but differs by adding multiple storylines, more playable characters, and increased interaction with environments. Uh, two-player co-op mode uh, is also available for some missions, uh, and as with The Two Towers, The Return of the King was developed in close collaboration with the filmmakers, uh, using many of the actual reference photos, drawings, models, props, and other assets from the film. The game was met with positive critical reception for its graphics, audio, game, and gameplay, although its camera positioning and the short length were criticized. Um, the only thing I really have to add is that for the longest time, um, and, and actually up until 
you know, today, this is still one of those um, like movie tie-in games that is referred to very affectionately um, that people loved uh, from an era where there were a lot of movie tie-ins, whether it be like the Harry Potter games, the Star Wars games, the uh, Lord of the Rings, um, way more popular than, or more common than you'd see today. But uh, Anna, did you have anything about the game you wanted to add um, before we get into your personal history? Um, <clears throat> no, I do. Th- I think it's super interesting. Like you were saying that it was a prequel to the, or like came out before the movies. That's not how I experienced it. Yeah. In fact, I'll look it up right now. Um, just to, uh, just to see like what date the game actually came out. Cause we can get the exact date here. So the game was released. Um, wow. November 6th, 2003, because I think the movie is like, December, so at least a month before the game, before the movie came out, um, that is really surprising. Uh, but yeah, just like an interesting little fact because I don't know if it like, you know, okay, and of course this is this is based on a book series too. The movies are so it's not like this isn't information people couldn't find somewhere else, but mm-hmm. it still is very interesting. I I, I think as well. Um, go ahead, yeah. sorry. I just, I don't think that it, uh, like, because I was reading about it uh, as well, because I was like, do I, what do I remember about this game? And I think it said something like they, like, ma- tried to make sure there was no spoilers in the game. Oh, However, it does follow, like, the, the plot. Like, it's almost like you just get dropped into these battles and you don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that makes sense, because I was like... I don't think I knew a lot of what was going on. Um. Yes. That's interesting. Uh, and yeah, I guess makes sense from like a non-spoiler. I guess it's like, oh, we're really focused on this month before the movie comes out. But what about when the movie's out and someone just picks up this game like years later? Like it's gonna it'd be like, huh, that's weird. There's some information missing here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's kind of bizarre. I'm y- Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good structure for a game. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> very bizarre. Um, uh, anyway, let's get into your history with this game. Uh, do you remember like how you discovered it or came to play it for the first time, or is it more was it more a game that was just like part of that series of Xbox games you tried? Um, it was definitely part of that series. It was we would rent it from the store. And, gotcha. Um, when I say we, uh, I'm talking like me and my brothers. I have two brothers, um, cool. one older and one younger. And so we would, uh, we were in a Lord of the Rings phase where we Hell were like, yeah. watching all those movies and stuff. And then obviously when we went to the s- books or bookstore, when my, the, uh, the video rental place, it, the cover of it is literally the like same cover as the return of the king yes so we were like oh perfect Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so that's that's how we ended up like renting it and then when we when we did buy an xbox we bought the game i'm pretty sure oh cool um i was i that would have been a great place for me to start was asking if you had seen the movies or read the books at all um but you got us there uh, did you ever, this is sort of an adjacent question, did you ever, at, in that Lord of the Rings phase, get into The Hobbit at all? 
couldn't 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 do it. Nope. Yep. It's it's funny because I got into it after the Lord of the Rings, but it's actually a like those books. I don't, have you tried to read the books ever? Yes, and yeah, they it's sing ch- in them, right? They do. They're singing. <laughs> um, there's. It's a really tough read. I I have actually read them one time. Uh, in college, I went through like a second really severe Lord of the Rings phase. Was even like studying. I took like a class, a writing class on J.R.R. Tolkien, so I was like in it. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, that's in it. Very in it. <laughs> and so I read the book, uh, the the you know the trilogy. Um, but the Hobbit itself is a much easier read and is like way shorter. It goes. It's like di- easily digestible compared to the books, which are so like long winded. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just curious about the Hobbit for that. Um. Did you see any of these movies in theaters? No, I didn't. I never. Uh, yeah, we we. I just watched them at home, like. But we would get all of the like, you know, the longest version of them, and it would be like a five-hour thing. The extended um, edition. I know these well. Yeah, and my my older brother was like so into it, and I think I was like <laughs> thought it was cool because he was older and he's cool he's cool to me and so i kind of was like a little bit had to like force it at the beginning (laughs) but then i ended up like getting into it but i was like oof all right yeah (laughs) guess i'll watch this oh now we're watching it with the director talking great like (laughs) that's so funny those like again because uh, those are that's a series I have a lot of experience with, although I haven't seen them in years, and it would have been a great like 2020 rewatch just with all that time. Um, but I was a someone who poured over all of the additional content on those mm-hmm. DVDs, like the commentary, the appendices, like any of it, I, I ate up. But I can the totally the bloopers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't remember those, but I'm sure they were great. <laughs> They are like they kind of like follow the cast around at one point, and it's oh, like cool. it's it's not as much like bloopers, but it's like they're like in co- in costume but talking normal, and yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> some that's some like good behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, that's really fun. Um, but uh, anyway, um, about the game itself, what do you remember enjoying, or what like stands out to you all these years later about Return of the King? I think, like in the game, like in the game, not in life or. Uh, I, let's let's start with the game, but if it, if it dovetails into your life, feel free to share for sure. Okay, I mean, I think in the game, I. The thing that was so fun was it was like it was such short combat, like just like, like it was hack and slash for uh-huh. sure. But then you could do like cool magic stuff and it would be like, whoa, (laughs) I just like picked up all these people and then threw them down on the ground or whatever. And I was I thought that that was really fun. And I also liked that you switched around characters. Yes. Um, Like I know that in this game they added even more that that weren't in the two towers. But yeah, depending on I think what part of the game you're in, you could be like. Gandalf or Aragorn or or this part you're the hobbits um that was really fun because they do perform differently yeah like 
yeah, I loved being Legolas and doing because I kind of like oh. like shooting far away at stuff. And yes. So that's I was like, yes, a bow and arrow. I thought Aragorn was like the lamest one to be because just sword. Oh, <laughs> uh, sword guy over here. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, supposed to be the coolest, but I was like, what's this guy doing? Yes. He's 150. Get a life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you look like you're 42. You're old, pal. You're old. Uh, that's, I forget, because not every game that a guest brings on, I, I'll have personal experience with. Um, but this one I also played uh, the heck out of, too, and I think I loved for a lot of similar reasons. Um, that you were talking about the combat, and it is it is such a fun, easy to pick up, like hack and slash. Um but you also talked about like the magic and like lifting a group of enemies up and crashing them down. Um, I watched a little bit of uh, did a little research on this game before, and I forgot that like as you go through the game and you gain experience, you can spend that on new moves and stuff. Oh. So it's a really satisfying like loop of like do a level, like gain experience, uh, make your character stronger, and then you're. You're like it's almost a bit of a pa- like a lot of games a power fantasy as you're like blowing through enemies like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's the coolest moments in the movies, or at least to me, like when they have that big scene where you know it's like a bajillion orcs running at the wall and yeah, um, right? Is that what's like those big scenes where there's just so many bad guys? Yes, just a sea of ar- an army. Just, yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah, yeah, just moving through it. It's like in that game, that's just like that's when it was the most fun because it was like, I don't know, it was very satisfying. Absolutely. Do you like, can you remember like a level or a scene that you enjoyed the most from the game? Because I've got one, but I want to let you go first. Um, I don't think I have one to be honest. It's all good. The one that sticks out to me, I have a couple that stick out. The first one is the like. You're, you're doing, like, a battle in, like, a little valley where there's, like, the big uh, elephants are, like, stomping around, too. Mm-hmm. That one really sticks out to me, like, in my memory of of being very difficult but just memorable as well. Mm-hmm. I remember, actually, there was something in, like, a cave with a troll that oh. took me so long. And I had to finally give it to my brother and be like, just beat it. Yeah. <laughs> you would beat it and then I'd be like, all right, give it back. And it's like, no, I'm playing now. It's yeah. Like, uh, slow, man. That's, man, I asked for your help, not to take away my joy. Uh, yeah. That's fun. Uh, um, when I was reading just from that table setting, the, the, the Wikipedia summary that I had, it talked about interacting with the environment. I remember, like, with those elephants, you could, like, shoot, like, the enemies off them or, like, shoot the... Because they had those, like, uh, structures on them where the enemies were standing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that, but I remember one of the most satisfying things is when you're actually up on uh, whatever the big Gondor city is. Um, I think it's a Gandalf level where these ladders are, like, uh, are like hitting the sides of the building. And then more enemies will climb up the ladders, but you can hit the ladder down. Mm. For some reason, that was so satisfying to me, like, when I look back. Yeah. I 
like also remember that scene in the movie. Yes. When they like push the ladders and then they they go down and then they land on all the other bad guys. Yes. And it's like extra kills. Maybe that's why it was so satisfying was that like I pictured in my head that it was also killing more enemies as it went down, whether or not it did. I think it did. Yeah. I want to believe. <laughs> Give yourself that. Yes. We get so little in this life. It's true. Believe it killed enemy orcs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so, okay, so we got to talk about, about that. Is there any other, like, game elements that you remember that stood out to you or that you wanted to highlight? Um, I mean, I think that it's, like, we can all agree that Gimli was the worst one to do. I don't, like, was it, like short range with his little axe i can't remember yes. how he controlled maybe it's because i never played with him i i'm pretty sure if i'm remembering it correct it was like they tried to give him like that he could <laughs> throw his axe but then it was like it was just like dude this isn't gimli wouldn't be throwing his axe this crazy like yeah from 20 feet away this guy is just he's hilarious and he's fun and i love watching him get picked up and thrown on a horse behind Legolas, but I don't need to be playing him in a video game. Yes, that's funny, especially when Legolas, like, because you were talking about using him and his bow, and I'm like, that was so satisfying to be Mm -hmm. able to hit enemies from a distance, so poor Gimli was chopped liver. Yeah. (laughs) I I played a, I guess, this is a bit of a tangent, but did you ever play any of the Marvel games? Like... Like Ultimate Alliance? Yeah. I'm familiar. I may have played like one of, maybe like two or something. I just, remember how you could switch between characters? Like Yes. Yeah. I I, I think that uh, hopefully in the next Lord of the Rings game, that's something you can do. Because I remember just being like, God, I, I want to tap into this guy. Yeah, like on the fly, like just swap from Legolas to Gandalf or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would be sick. Um. Uh, oh, you were talking about playing this game solo and handing off the controller. Did you ever play the co-op mode with one of your brothers or anybody else? I don't think so, no. Okay, gotcha. Um, did you? I don't know if I did. Um, I think it was probably mostly single player, but like now when I think about it, I'm like, oh, I want to play that co-op with somebody. It seems fun. Is it a thing that, because I feel like you're you're clued into the the gaming world, like is it not as much of a thing to have like local split screen? It, it is not as prominent anymore. It so much of that has shifted to like online, even if you're playing with friends to like be on your own screen. But there are still games that there's still games that allow for that. But I have such a nostalgia for sitting next to someone on a couch and splitting a screen in like a couch co-op. Yeah, that I really, really miss it. And I keep thinking like, yeah, I was, like, playing Halo, and I my brother was coming to visit, and I was like, oh, it'll be, like, we can play, like, at the same time. And it was like, I couldn't. I couldn't play at the same time. And I was like, what is That's what awful. I have to go buy another, <laughs> you know, yeah, a machine Xbox and a TV. put it upstairs. Yeah. Gosh, that stinks. Um, well, so that, that does stink. But what I will say is that, A, I went digging, and I still have this game for the GameCube. So... I think it'd be fun if we played it sometime um, because Definitely. like it's one that I'm always like, oh, I love that game or it was so much fun. So we'll have to figure that out. Um, and I've got like an old school 
tube TV over here that you can like barely see the outline of, um, uh, that is great for old consoles. Uh, but, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the context of when you played this game and anything that stood out to you. Um, like, and I want to start with doing a little scene painting of where you would have been playing this, like in your home. So where was the TV set up that you would bring this console in and plug it in? What was that room like? It was, um, on our, we had like a porch, uh, but it was inside. Yes. <laughs> that's, that doesn't make sense. I'm imagining it though. It's, it's kind of a Midwest or East Coast thing a little bit. Yeah. It's like a, it, it's something that was like added onto the house, I think at some point. Oh, there you and go. it feels very different, but it was <laughs> like, because it was added onto the house at some point, it had amazing radiators like mm. way better than any other part of the house. Um, no air conditioning, but it was like the only place that would like get warm in the house. Okay. So when we would uh, like play these video games over, like it was usually over winter break, it would be like, oh my God, like, does it get any better? We're in the warmest room. We're in the, <laughs> the, we have the, xbox here i mean this is just we're living life could you see outside where the like windows big the windows were like the whole so the whole room's a square and three-fourths of the square is like window 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 yes so they weren't big but they were like window walls basically gotcha um so you could then, see the snow possibly at the time too that's mm -hmm. so cozy it was so cozy um and, uh, yeah, and, and then the, uh, there was, like, two couches, kind of shitty, like, not very comfortable couches that my mom still has in that room. <laughs> and, uh, and a decent-sized TV, I would say, hmm, for the time. Cool. Not big, but not small. Nice. Um, yeah, that was kind of the setup. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I love doing that to sort of set the scene a little bit. Um, does anything stick out to you broad or specific either about like when you were specifically playing that game or uh, or just from your life in general at that time? I think uh, I think at that time, the thing that was like um, mattered or like the thing that stuck with me with the game was it was like, really like me and my brothers bonding and yeah. like I think it was a way for us like all to speak the same language anyway my older brother was like you know like 15 I was like 10 and then my little brother was like eight and it was yeah. just like very different times very different like you stages know, like, of life yeah, yeah even just like them being boys and me being a girl I was like this is like like what do we have to like talk about um yes <laughs> <laughs> but it was really nice so it would like it was just something we could all get on the same page and be like together and i think it also like i think it brought me and my older brother closer because like i think he kind of had that thing where it was like i don't know if it's i mean i guess i don't want to be like too general but like i feel like it's maybe not so easy sometimes for guys to open up and when, I think that's, that's a pretty fair assumption. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but for some reason, when we would play video games, it was like we could talk about, you know, like yeah. shit that was happening. 
like just about your lives or whatever, or just maybe more than you were used to. Yeah. Like about our lives and our parents were getting divorced. So it was like, there was like things going on that was like, we weren't talking if we weren't playing like, yeah, we weren't having those conversations unless there was a video game in front of us. Yes. And then the video game would turn off and it would be like, good night. Yep. I will not speak to you anymore. Uh, (laughs) That's, I mean, that's really endearing and it's also very relatable. I feel like um, even in like, uh, I feel like even now when I'm playing games with people, the game itself is oftentimes, it's kind of like, I've I've talked about this with others before. It's kind of like going on like a date with someone, which is like, of course you can have a conversation and get to just where you're just flowing and you're not thinking like, okay, what do I ask about now? Or what do we talk about now? You have like an activity mm-hmm. to sort of occupy yourself so that you can just kind of be. And like, you don't, there's less pressure on that conversation. So I, obviously I can't say whether or not that was happening for you all, but I know that I've related to that, whether it's hanging out with friends or whatever. And it's like, wait, how did we get on this subject? Or like, how like I didn't expect to talk about this today uh, in in generally a positive way too. Yeah, I would say definitely. I mean, even like we joke about it and like we joke about it. And then when we're like all together for like a break, we like put a game on and like get into like the nitty gritty of like our lives. Oh, that's um, cool. <laughs> so it's like, it's this weird thing where it's like, I'm self-aware of it, but also like it is kind of a hack to like just chat and yes, yeah, it's almost like meditative, like or something. You can totally just listen and yeah, yeah. I I think you're totally right, and I th- I think you could do that with all sorts of games, but particularly like a hack and slash where you're really just. I mean, like there's more to it, but like you are kind of just mashing buttons and like clearing out enemies, like. It's not the most like uh, thought-provoking game, or you know, it's not like rocket science. So it might allow for that even more than some. Yeah, I also was like, uh, like, cause I was I was playing Red Dead with uh, my comedy improv partner Isabella, and we were like having so much fun playing and like chatting and stuff. And then it was like it got to a point where it was like you know, we're really missing major storylines right now. We have to like, (laughs) we have to be quiet and we have to turn the TV up. And then it started being like, it was kind of more like watching a like movie together, which was like fun. But it was also like, I was like, I like it when you can chat and play a game. Yeah. But you need some of those like good ass, like games that have like good writing or even like a GTA or I just finished Saints Row. It's like, I don't give a fuck unless I'm following the plot, basically. Because sure. yeah. otherwise it's just like, <laughs> just an asshole stealing cars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that's that's great. Were you two playing like Red Dead Online together? Or were you like next to each other? Uh, we, were next, we were next to each other because she's working, she is working from home. Cool. Uh, so, or she was. Uh, so it was... Um, it was kind of a great setup for me because she couldn't play because she had to be on email. And I was like, well, I'll just like do it myself. Yes. And then, uh, but then she would play herself at her house, but then it got into this really um, stressful situation where I was ahead of her in the game and then she didn't want spoilers. Oh yeah. So our new thing where we would like 
both sit and she would work and I would play, like stopped working because then she couldn't like watch and I oh, was man. so upset because I lost my audience. Yes, you had such a like a wonderful little uh, setup there with with the two of you, uh, and just yeah. a nice activity to have with a friend. Um, yeah. Dang, that's so that's so funny. And now um, I'm done the game and she's like halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't even talk about it. Yes. Ah, oh, dang. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, well, um, is there anything else from like uh, going back to like the time with your brothers playing this game? Like, uh, is there like a particular moment that you remember playing that game together? Or is it more like generic broad, mo- like a... Uh, things like you had already shared um there wasn't a particular moment but i do remember that we would do this thing where you could upload you could put in a cd into the xbox and download it uh onto the xbox but we had this kelly clarkson album downloaded and it was the breakaway album and i will never forget playing this game hack and slashing through orcs (laughs) and having Kelly Clarkson sing, a, or listening to a live recording of her singing the song "Beautiful Disaster," which uh-huh. is like, honestly, like a gorgeous song that is like <laughs> deeply moving to me. And she is singing that thing, and it's like you are like brought to tears. And we were just like, just like murdering. Like, <laughs> orcs being like do you think that we're gonna live at mom and dad's house while like beautiful disaster played and it's like this is Uh, there's a lot going on here that's incredible oh my gosh uh yeah i loved i know that especially in that era you could like play music from like an album and also play your game at like i think people did that on playstations as well um Mm -hmm. but man that's cool and such a hilarious memory uh yeah it's well, still downloaded on there, too. Oh, oh my gosh, it's living. Is that Xbox still around? Yeah. Oh boy, that's. I'm so happy to hear that. I hope it never goes away from your from your life. It's insane that it still exists, and there's like four albums downloaded. They're all the albums my little brother picked, which is like Kelly Clarkson, Lady <laughs> Gaga, like, um, uh, uh, there's a Nora Jones album. I mean, it's like the Sick. most like moody girl music yes um i don't remember what the last one was but i mean it might have actually been just another kelly clarkson album yes wow he was really feeling it like all of you at that time uh wow well um i've gotten to hear so much uh just relive so many great memories with you about this game and the context of your life um before we move on to the post-show segments that i have prepared for you would you just do me a favor and put a bow on whatever place uh, this game held for you. Okay. So just like, this game meant X to me? Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, the Lord of the Rings game uh, meant like bonding with my brothers for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, It's one of those things where even as I was asking you, I was like, I feel like it was pretty clear and you gave it to me, but it's nice to hear at the end too. Uh, awesome. Well, 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 sorry, were you saying something else? Oh, no. 
Um, well, Anna, thank you so much for bringing this game on to talk about with me today. That was really fun. Uh, before we go, though, I've got a p- couple of post-show segments for you. Um, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. Um, and this is just where I share fun facts about the game with my guest. Uh, both of these, I usually find like a YouTube video or something that gives me fun facts, but these are actually also from the Wikipedia article. Um, the first of which I have titled... Gondor calls for aid, and Tiger Woods will answer. So the development team uh, for Return of the King um, had been originally working on, like, a brand-new game engine to run that they had built from scratch to run Return of the King. Um, But with progress stalling out uh, for about a year into development on this game, uh, the team turned to the engine used uh, for EA Sports' Tiger Woods PGA Tour series. Uh which I guess was similarly built um, for, for like similar reasons to uh, craft expansive areas uh, and large structures uh, located throughout the world, kind of like the maps you're going through in this game, um, and used it as a foundation for the engine built for Return of the King, which I just found so funny because that's like a – I would never have guessed because it's like a – it's a golf game. You're like in one spot, you hit the ball, you go to it, but I guess it worked for this. Yeah, that is wild. And uh, not, I, I think uh, the last game I would have guessed. Yeah, truly. <laughs> been a golf game. Yes. Um, speaking of preppy sports, did you ever play golf? Yes. I knew it. Um, <laughs> very nice. Well, the second fact that I have for you, I have titled Banned Books. And thankfully not the kind of book banning that we know about that is very prevalent uh, in parts of our country today. Um, as... <laughs> Uh, this game is not an adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's 1954 novel of the same name, the, which is the third volume in the Lord of the Rings series. Um, anything from the novel not specifically or mentioned in the films could not be represented in the game. And this is because at the time, up until I think a few years ago, uh, the, uh, Vivendi Universal Games, in partnership with Tolkien Enterprises, held the rights to the to the game adaptations of Tolkien's literary works while Electronic Arts held the rights to the video game adaptations of the movies. So at the same time, uh, in the game, some liberties were taken with the plot to create more compelling gameplay scenes. But the long and short of that is that, like, if something wasn't in the movies, it couldn't be in this because of all this, like, licensing rights bullshit. Um which uh, I guess it was a very specific thing that the developers had to follow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, not exactly banned books, but you get the picture. Uh, that'll do it for the Fact <laughs> Me By Your Game segment. And I will lead us into the final one, the game recommendations. Now, like I was telling you before the show, I've got a few game recommendations prepared for you based on you bringing on Return of the King. And Anna, I'm treating this as my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, where I am going to treat Lord of the Rings Return of the King as your passionate summer Italian love. You're this fling that you have, very romantic, very passionate. And um, obviously that's not going to work out for you, I'm sorry to say. But I'm going to offer you up three potential new flings um, that all have something in common with Return of the King. Um because I find familiarity goes a long way in getting back out there. Uh, So the first (laughs) recommendation I have for you is if you like your hack and slash, which I found out you do, 
but you want a more arcadey, generic version of that, I'll recommend to you Gauntlet Dark Legacy, which was also on the Xbox uh, and was from a couple years before this. And actually, our mutual friend Matt Adams actually talked about on this show, like uh, in, in like January. But uh, do you know Gauntlet at all? No, I don't. There, it's a it's a series that like I knew from the arcades growing up because it was kind of like a, one of those big arcade machines with like four joysticks and buttons that you all play as a character and kind of like this game, just move through a level and kill stuff in a sort of high fantasy world. Um, so Gauntlet Dark, Dark Legacy is the first one. And the second recommendation is if you need more Nintendo in your hack and slash uh, and you want it to be even bigger than this game, I'll recommend Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Do you know the Hyrule Warriors series at all? Not at all, no. So it's a part, it's a spinoff of the Zelda series where you were talking about like the 99 Nights, I think as well, where you just go into an area and mow down just like groups of enemies. This is way up your alley. This actually might be the one, the recommendation I ta- I would recommend most seriously is because I think you'd love it. They also, this type of game is called a Muso game. There's others that are like it where it's just a big hack and slash and a, a fighting hordes of enemies. So you might like it, especially if you need more Nintendo. And lastly is if... Um, you are a Peter Jackson stan. You love the director of these movies. He is the reason you came to it and the reason you're going to play another game. And you want to play his next big film after this as a video game. Then I'll recommend to you King Kong, the official game of the movie, which is the official title. A little wordy for me. but uh, <laughs> Which actually, um, even though it's my joke recommendation, it's apparently an amazing game. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, I'm. I like definitely want to play that. Yeah, uh, apparently it's really cool. I think it's just from a few years after this. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that that'll do it there. Um, were you gonna say something? Do you know if you play? Like, are you playing as King Kong or? I have no clue. <laughs> no clue at all. I don't remember if. I think it actually might. This is to- totally out of left field. It may not be the case at all. But I want to say that, like, you control sometimes, like, the humans, sometimes King Kong. So it's, like, kind of like the Lord of the Rings. You're jumping between scenes and characters. But I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll wrap up the recommendations by recapping them. You've got Gauntlet, Dark Legacy, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and King Kong, the official game of the movie. That'll bring us to the end of the recommendations. And that will actually bring us to the end of the show um, so before we head out here, um, and plug whatever we'd like, uh, thanks again so much, Anna, for coming on today. This is a blast, uh, to hear from you about this game. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's so fun. You're very welcome. Um, I, yeah, I had a great time. Uh, what do you want to plug today? Is there any, any links I should put in the show notes that you've either mentioned or haven't mentioned that you want people to know about? Um, sure. I'll plug, uh, my uh, show that I host, an improv show called Two Prov Wednesday. Um, and I'll say that you should give my improv team Shag a follow on Instagram. Sick. I'll put a link to the if there's if there's like a website a thing from the clubhouse on the website, I'll put a link to Wednesday Two Prov. If not, we'll find something to put there or I'll put the name. We have an Instagram, so you can put that. <laughs> well, there we are. 
Uh, we'll put the link for the show and for Shag both in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, but I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. Uh, this show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show, Video Games, a comedy show, another podcast from our network uh, that's more of a panel group uh, discussion. Um, and if you're listening to this episode, we recently did our first impressions on Le- The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It came out this Monday. You should check me out on social media. Uh, I'm at Connor underscore McCabe on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash consiscool69 if you want to come and chat with me while I play video games. And lastly, of course, you should check us out on Patreon. Again, we're over at patreon.com slash supernpcradio where you can – if you like me and and the people that I do podcasts with, you're really going to enjoy what you find there. Where there's not only our Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, Red, Blue, and Yellow Games Club that's going on right now, but a ton of bonus stuff, including a monthly version of this show that I do, um, the co-op series, where I sit down with a group of people and sort of do an overview episode on a single game. Anyway, a lot of great stuff there. Um, you can find it in the show notes. But that'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one. Bye.